Hello, you're listening to the C to Z of movies. My name is Colin. I am the C. Joining me is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. Uh, welcome back from break. Thank you. And to you too. Three weeks. I know. Three weeks gap. This is almost unprecedented of. in C to Z history. What did you get up to? Uh, I went to Yorkshire with my brother. Uh, How's Yorkshire? Week, which was well, very pleasant. Yes, it was. A nice bit of Yorkshire countryside. It rained a little bit, but uh, uh-huh. yeah, we had a, had a good time. It was our, our birthday shortly after that. Oh, yes. I thought. <laughs> Welcome to the 34 Club, Colin. Thank you, Zijan. Yes, 34. How does it feel? It's the first year um, that my first thought upon waking up on my birthday was, oh, man, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> every, every other year, it's been like, hey, it's my birthday. But this is just like, no, nah, this is, no. Nah. Uh, but you're now you're mid thirties, then. Yeah, mid thirties. Yeah, definitively mid thirties. Uh, I've joined you, Zijan, in the uh, in what I like to think of as the second half of our lives, as we. Uh, That's so depressing. Man. Veer towards the grave. I think you need like a, a sports car or something. Yeah. Okay. Mm. That's how people solve problems. By buying sports cars. Mm-hmm. So wheat. If you would like to fund this podcast. Uh, listener to help us buy sports cars let us know uh, <laughs> today we are we, we are talking about i've not got a name for this I've, I've i've written down one man films is that what we're calling it um we're doing yeah i guess so for now for now you can, you can change it we'll spit, as we go along. yeah we'll we'll spitball but uh, uh, films that are exclusively one person or mostly one person um we're also talking about the films of the friends men matthew perry matt long david schwimmer uh, we have a quiz on the films of ruben fleischer and much, much more. We start. There are three weeks of news, right? So three weeks of news. <laughs> although, if I'm honest, I wasn't paying that much attention on holiday. So I'm hoping you, you've got uh, <laughs> you've got some good stuff here. Okay, I'll start with the most controversial news in the past three weeks. Go for it. There are plans to feature a CGI version of James Dean. Ah. Uh, oh. In an upcoming film called Finding Jack. So. I don't know much about James Dean, so I did a bit of research for this podcast, as you would. Mm, <laughs> he died age 24 in a car accident. He was in Rebel Without a Cause, which is probably his most famous role. Yep. And apparently the film producers obtained permission from Dean's family to use the actor's image. I think he's... I could be wrong, but I think he's been used in adverts before. Uh, he has, yeah. yeah. I read that as well. Um, yeah, and reading from what I said, it's like, oh yeah, we, we we looked at auditions, we looked who wanted to cast, and we just couldn't look beyond James. D- and so it's partly CGI, partly existing footage, apparently. How do you feel about this, Colin? I'm <laughs> using on on the one hand, it's a terrible idea, <laughs> but I'm actually quite intrigued to see how it works. I mean, in fact, if they'd cast someone else, no one would be talking about this film. Uh, yes, no one's ever heard of them. I mean, it's it's a Vietnam Vietnam story that no one's got any sort of connection with. But I mean, personally, I I don't think this is going to happen. I, I think they're going to either because the backlash is too great or because they realise it's too difficult to do. I think, like, I mean, I, I don't see how there's a win in this kind of situation, right? Like, if you make a bad film with a James Dean likeness, imagine the kind of backlash mm. you get. Like, and but I mean, so. What we've seen from Rogue One, for example, is that we're not quite there yet in terms of uh, CGI. CGI characters. So that they, I mean, they're Grand Moff Tarkin. They brought back, um, uh, I can't remember his name now, the guy who played Grand Moff Tarkin. Uh, mm. So they brought him back and, and there wasn't, I mean, it had a lot of interest, but no one was kind of outraged by that, were they? 
No, are they bringing Carrie Fisher back in the new Star Wars? They are, although I think they've said it's all existing footage. Okay. Um, I, I don't know, like, it, it just feels very wrong to me. I I personally, like, have sort of reverence for the dead, and they should, you know, just stay where they are, rather than try to create something new with a CGI version of it. It's just... Peter Cushing. Um, yeah, I, it, it does seem very disrespectful. I can see, and it, I mean, the other side, I guess, is it's quite it is fascinating because if let's say it does work, which I, I don't think it will, but let's let's say it does, and it's a great film and it's a, a great performance in inverted commas. Where does this leave? Like in ten, fifteen years, is are we, are we going to be getting every star of the golden age of Hollywood coming back? Is that yeah? Let's not do that. But it's because it, it's not. I mean, obviously, there might use some real footage, but it's, it's not really a James Dean performance, is it? And, and I think even if you even if the CGI made it look perfect, which it won't, mm. you're not going to get the kind of the. the I mean, James. I've I've seen Red Light, of course, he's brilliant in it. But um, taking James Dean's example, but for any other actor, you're not going to get a real performance. Are you? You're not going to get the genius exactly. of these people. Exactly. So um, it does. It's it's a strange old world we live in. Um, uh, oh well. But yeah, the, the Carrie Fisher one, I think, makes a lot more sense. And I say it's. It is footage that has been filmed off. I think quite significantly edited. There's a clip in the trailer which has been paired off with where, it, with the actual original clip, and they've kind of changed her hairstyle and the background and all stuff. But it is it's still her performance, so it's a bit different. So it is maybe this could even like not necessarily with dead actors like Bruce Willis can't be bothered to go to set like just use CGI <laughs> Bruce Willis. So. Yeah, you know uh, he can, he can claim the Oscar on their behalf. Yeah, maybe in the future we won't even know whether it was uh, real or not. You do not need biopics anymore. No, that's true. Like who's going to play so and so? Johnny Cash, I don't know. Get Johnny Cash. Yeah. Wow. Um, we have some Wonder Woman 1984 news. Uh, Pedro Pascal, who I think we already knew was in the film, uh, has now been revealed who he's playing, and it is Maxwell Lord. Um, Ooh. So I have come across Maxwell I Lord. I haven't heard this news. Do you know Maxwell Lord? Uh, so, yes, yeah, so, um, he was in, I think, the first series of Supergirl. So that's the... the ah, extent, yes. Where he seems basically to be a knockoff Lex Luthor. Is, <laughs> is that fair? Um. So I know Maxwell Lord from the comics as the one person that Wonder Woman killed. Ah, okay. Yes. So she obviously have a, has a no kill policy, um, like just like Batman. Well, um, and sure. Maxwell Lord was the one, the first person or the one only person that uh, that she killed. So obviously he plays a very big role in her growth and development. So that's almost certainly what they're going to do here, I guess. Sp- mm-hmm. Spoilers for. Well, it's not as well as it's conjecture, but uh, potentially. It's a fascinating... I mean, I'm looking forward to this one. It's next uh, next summer, isn't it? But um, It feels like it's been forever since the last film as well. It has, because, I mean, that that was pre-Justice League, wasn't it? And that Justice League it was, was exactly. Obviously, we've got Chris Pine returning. No one's quite sure how, um, because his character died. Well, or did he? Oh, so we don't know. Hmm. We didn't see anything. He could have just parachuted down. He could have, it could have been uh, it could have been a whole time travel thing. Although I'm not sure they're going to do that. Um, yeah, so there you go, Pedro, Pedro Pascal, who uh, people will know from Game of Thrones, don't they? Um, I, I don't know him. I don't watch Game of Thrones either, so it doesn't might, help much. And I think is he? I think he's the Mandalorian in um, in the upcoming Disney Plus series. Ah, uh, okay. Unless I am wrong. Um, but hey, speaking of Disney Plus, since it, it came up naturally in conversation, <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> 
Uh, it is Pedro Pascal he's playing uh, the Mandalorian. Disney Plus is uh, we've now got a date for it. March the end of March, March thirty first. It's coming to the UK. Oh wow! Um, I'm excited. I've got news for Disney Plus as well. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think so I've, I'll, I'll let the fact that our podcast has become movies and Disney Plus. That's the. Uh, it, it wasn't supposed to be like this to begin <laughs> with, but you keep bringing it up every single podcast. So. I certainly do. I'm segueing into a Disney Plus only podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, Hocus Pocus 2 is coming to Disney Plus. What is Hocus Pocus? Have you not seen Hocus Pocus? It feels like it's about witches. Yes, it is. Uh, Beck Miller, Sarah Jessica Parker. Oh, that one. It's a film in the oh. 90s. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, a trio of witches who stay young by sucking the life force of children. Um, it's not the best of films, but it's a, it became a cult classic um, for some reason or another. Okay. So that's why there's a Hocus Pocus too. Are we, are Am I, original cast? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, it's been a while. I don't know. Bat Miller doesn't seem to be acting much right now anyway. She's, uh, she's in like her, what, 70s maybe? Uh, Late 60s? It, I don't know. At least oh. I thought, yeah. Yeah, so I I wouldn't think that she would be back, but who knows? Who knows? And Sarah Jessica Parker's not acting much because people have tweaked that she's not very good at it. <laughs> I'm not. A- well, <laughs> there, 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 there goes Sarah Jessica Parker from ever appearing on our podcast. <laughs> yep, I'm going to make a statement now. I refuse, refuse to have Sarah Jessica Parker on the podcast. Uh- <laughs> Kim Cattrall can come on if she wants. Um, Okay, well, or, at least you know your sex in the city, ladies. Yeah, I, well, two of them. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought my second bit of news was a Disney Plus news, but it really isn't. It's a Disney news. But uh, so we originally had a new Star Wars trilogy in the works with uh, the guys from Game of Thrones, the writers. Yes. Uh, supposed to be writing them, uh, David Benioff and DB Weiss. Uh, apparently, they quit the new Star Wars trilogy to focus on the Netflix deal. Which I've saw, I've seen the number for it. It's uh, it's really big. They're getting billions, aren't they? For this, uh... they are getting billions. They're getting a nine-figure deal for Netflix. So, so, so the yeah, the, the belief is that uh, whilst the, the statements have been a kind of mutually agreed because we couldn't work this out, blah blah blah, it's, it's generally believed that they've been fired. Um, yes, because of the whole um, competition. Between Netflix and Disney Plus. Well, mate, yeah, I guess it's it it going to be. I mean, the, what I heard is that it's basically because the Game of Thrones last season was very disappointing. So they've been uh, back of that. But yeah, you know, it's a good point, actually. If they, uh, yeah, because uh, I read that, that there was the rumor that, you know, if you're focusing so much on a Netflix deal, how much time can you spend on the Disney films? Because they've only signed up for the first of the three, which mm. is supposed to be in development soon. So if they have to spend like $9 billion, <laughs> it is, you know, if they have a billion-dollar deal with Netflix, how much time do you think they would spend on that? If I have a billion-dollar deal with Netflix... <laughs> how much time do you spend on this podcast? Yeah, <laughs> zero. Oh, see all it takes is a billion dollars to get you to. Uh, I know, return. right? I'm such. A wow. <laughs> I'm so shallow. Um, yeah. So, but Ryan Johnson is still probably in, uh, in for his trilogy. Um, although that's all gone a little bit quiet. Is it the same trilogy? Is it not? No. Well, no. I'd, well, I don't think it was ever really confirmed. They just said this. We got these two trilogies on the go, and then then they only had one in their plans, but they didn't say which one it was. And um, uh, okay. And now I got this. So I, 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 yeah, like they get through a lot of directors for Star Wars. It's all very strange. They do. Uh, a lot of people didn't like the Last Jedi, but I thought it was very good. So I, I'd like to see Ryan Johnson do his thing. I'm looking forward to Knives Out this uh, this Christmas. Mm. Uh, Batman news. 
we have uh, two potential pieces of casting. Yes. I think they're still both potential, but uh, when they get to this kind of stage of reporting, they generally turn out to be right. Uh, so Colin Farrell uh, is in talks to play the Penguin. Um, yes. Not his um, first DC uh, villain role. Oh. Uh, who can he was? Hold on. How did I not know this? He was Bullseye. In, uh, That's not DC. In the Daredevil. That's Marvel. It is Marvel. I'm talking nonsense. Not his first superhero villain role. Uh, it is his first DC film. Actually, he's probably voiced a... I'm going to say he voiced uh, the Riddler. Prove me wrong. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm doing that right now. <laughs> Go ahead, keep talking. Um, so we've got him. Uh, and Andy Serkis is in talks to play Alfred, which uh, might make him the only person to be in... Uh, in fact, defensively, I'm sure it will make him the only person to be in Star Wars, DC, Marvel, and Lord of the Rings. The guy loves his... Uh, Big budget series. Uh, I find this amusing because people got very angry when Marissa Tomei was uh, cast as Aunt May because she was far too far too young to play this role. Yeah. Uh, Andy Serkis is the same age as Marissa Tomei and is being cast as Alfred. I haven't seen any anger about that. Why are people not angry about that if they were angry about the other one? Uh, people get angry about a lot of things, mm. which, uh, yeah. Um, by the way, Colin Farrell has never watched a Riddler. I've not. Not that he was credited. Yeah, I keep trying. <laughs> Colin Farrell doesn't seem like the type of... I mean, both Andy Serkis and Colin Farrell don't really fit my the, con, the conventional roles of uh, Alfred and the Penguin. No, no, they're not at all what I would have thought. Um, I mean, they're both very good actors. I think they're doing good work at the moment as well. Um, particularly Colin Farrell doing some interesting stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, Penguin, I kind of see... Well, usually fat, uh, but yeah, shot and squat really with a monocle. Yeah, so. you kind of well, Danny Vito, I guess, from the uh, uh, from the Tim Burton verse, and, but and from the comics as well. Like hmm. I've not seen a version. I, I've never seen a version of the uh, of the Penguin who looks like Colin Farrell. Because well, the Gotham version of the Penguin, um, I mean, doesn't look like Colin Farrell, but he's not particularly short and he's not fat and he's he's not squat. So um, it has been done, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I, I mean. I, I'm not really sure what to make of it. It's an interesting one that they are going for multiple villains. So obviously we had um, Paul Dano cast as the Riddler. As the Riddler, yeah. Um, whether they'll just stick with two or whether they want to have a whole rogues gallery. Now, it feels like a lot of characters now. Of course, uh, Catwoman is in it as well. Yes, of and course. And she's half in, half out as a rogue as, as, anyway for Batman. Mm. So mm. Um, it feels very convoluted. Because this was taught at one point of being a kind of Batman in Arkham kind of scenario, which would make sense while there's a lot of villains, but I'm not sure. I thought they'd moved away from that now. Yeah, I thought it was more detective-based. Mm. So leaving DC behind, I've got a few Marvel news. Um, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse sequel will be arriving in 2022. Yep. And apparently so will Ant-Man 3. So that's been given a green light with uh, director Peyton Reed coming back as well. Yeah. I, I can't remember whether it was announced back then. I'm pretty sure it wasn't, was it? Um uh, Ant-Man three in or was it Comic Con? No, I don't think I don't think it was in the f- Phase three slate. Um, mm. It's a, I, I think I, the Ant-Man ones I think they're among the funnier of the of the Marvel films, but they're, they're not the they're probably the lower end of the quality scale. Uh, I mean, the second film wasn't great though. I I didn't particularly like it. Um, I mean, I love Paul Rudd and uh, Evangeline Lilly mm. as um, 
Ant-Man and Wasp, but the second film leaves a lot to be desired, especially since, as I mentioned in our review for it, they put all the, blo- the action scenes in the trailer. Yeah, every every clever bit was in the trailer, and it, it felt very much like um, like the Marvel films seem to be kind of evolving and progressing, and this felt like a bit of a throwback to me. Well, I think what would be interesting is to explore the new dynamic with uh, Porat and his now teenage daughter, right? That's true. Yeah, because his daughter grew up during the whole time jump. I wonder. Time, I wonder uh, if they will. I wonder if they will. Hmm. And if because she also became a superhero as well. Remember, um, his daughter. Yeah, yeah. So um, he his daughter Cassie um, in the comics right. becomes a superhero. I because I think that. They're pushing us towards a, a young Avengers, I think. Yes. That's not official, is it? But I expect they will. So maybe that's um, maybe they're getting her ready for that. Mm. Intriguing stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, Peyton Reed has not wowed me, I, I must be honest. I, I like the fact that Marvel are kind of giving directors the kind of control over a trilogy as opposed to just bringing in a hired gun for each one. But I'm not sure he's the man I would have necessarily uh, said we must have him back. Sandra Bullock is going to be starring in an uh, adaptation of Unforgiven, uh, for, uh, for, I think a script written by Christopher McQuarrie, which I initially thought was the Clint Eastwood film, Unforgiven, but apparently it's something else. Yeah, because Unforgiven, wasn't that the best Oscar winner? Uh, it was, it was. It's not anything to do with that. No, oh, <laughs> um, okay. Uh, but I, I mentioned it partly because I, I'm a fan of Christopher McQuarrie, but it's, um, it's going to Netflix. And apparently, he, he, I think he said he's this, he wrote, finished his script in 2010. And it's been hovering around since then, and no one else wants to do it. So um, uh, he's been vocal on Twitter about this. Oh. Uh, Rachel Weisz is set to play Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, right. In a special relationship, yeah. It is supposed to detail her activism to bring awareness to the AIDS epidemic back in then. Who's, so, who's playing Richard Burton? Have we got a... Uh, no, I don't think there is a Richard Burton. I think you it's... Can't, uh, you can't do an Elizabeth Taylor film without <laughs> Richard Burton, surely. Well, it's not being announced yet. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, the... Um, I think I've only ever seen one Elizabeth Taylor film. Um, and it was The Flintstones. <laughs> where I think she voices something or other. Um, so it's not her finest hour. Uh, she also voiced uh, Maggie Simpson. Didn't she in... Uh, in one of the episodes of The Simpsons, I think when they did have, when had Maggie Simpson's first word in some episode, it was Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I can't remember. I hope that um, I hope that's in the film. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's just it's all her activism and then her yeah, going into that, the that Simpsons. Yeah, because that has a lot to do with the AIDS epidemic. Yeah, just going into the uh, in the recording booth. I think it's just a dada <laughs> or something. That's it. How many scream films do you think we need? No, never enough. Colin. Never enough. Well, the good news. There's another one coming. Is Courtney Cox going to be it? Uh, unknown. I, th- I think they haven't announced any of the cast yet. But um, obviously, Wes Craven, the director of... Um, uh, he died a few years ago, so he's not going to be there. Um, but they did a Scream 4 oh, five years ago, maybe, that um, no one seemed to care about. Which I think the idea of that... Was, I mean, I'm sure it was to launch a new trilogy, because they always are, but I think it was trying to introduce us to a new, younger cast. Hayden Panettiere, I seem to remember, might have been it. Oh, okay. Um, so I, I would have thought the new one would try and bring that news back again but um who knows they might just wipe the slate clean well um i don't have such a uh, riveting news as that no. <laughs> um i have lee manuel miranda yes will have his uh, directorial debut with uh, a musical of course uh tick tick boom and andrew garfield will play the lead is this a musical that he wrote uh no this was a very old musical actually oh, really? it's wrote by jonathan larson 
um, who did Rent, if you know the musicals. I know it. Uh, yeah, so this tells the story of an aspiring composer named John, who is worried that he has made the wrong career choice in the performing arts. Oh. So, Andrew Garfield will be in it. I've not seen Andrew Garfield sing before. No. So, I'm not sure. Well, who knows? I assume he can. Um, unless he, I, he, if not, he wouldn't be casted, right? Well, you say that. I guess uh, La La Land told us that uh, he didn't need to be able to sing that, <laughs> but he needs to do this. Um, or he could be dubbed, I suppose. Um, but he, he strikes me as someone who can sing. He has that air about him. Is there such a thing? Yep. You look like you can sing. Yep. Wow. From the same news source that told you that uh, Conor Farrell voiced the Riddler, I'm telling you, ah. you can tell if someone can sing by looking at them. Okay, good, good to know. <laughs> uh, uh, our next podcast episode will just be uh, naming actors and saying whether or not we think they can sing. Fantastic Beasts Three has started pre-production, I believe, um, and is going to be going to Brazil for unspecified reasons but that'll be partly set in brazil i know it's gone tried to go quite worldwide obviously we had new york and uh, paris and england um so next stop south america i uh, am i'm not looking forward to this still prepared to give this franchise um lots of benefit of the doubt I'm, why no colin why i've given up on it really yeah since the last film. you and everyone else but i i'm I, I just love the world and i love the characters and i just want them to make a really good film which they haven't done yet that's the problem. I love the world. I don't want this film series to ruin my love for this world. And it seems to be making it worse and worse every single time I see it. Uh, well, hopefully. I think the fact that they've given themselves an extra year, they, I think they've recognised that. Oh, we to see Johnny Depp again. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, my, my last bit of news is uh, Nick Cage. Oh, yes. After starring as a pig truffle farmer yeah of course i remember <laughs> yes remember that yeah uh, who who has to go to the city um to to re- to find his pig again uh he'll now play a janitor battling evil animatronic amusement park characters in a new film called wally's wonderland is this your new thing is just announcing nicholas cage <laughs> <laughs> i think this is so fun though because i think i mean we can probably get one every fortnight so that's uh... <laughs> no I, I think i just want to look i, I just want to See all the premise of his new films okay. and just yeah, ah, he's brilliant, man. All the films that he does. Are you gonna watch he, it? No, <laughs> oh, but you can't say that he doesn't have a varied career. I can't say that. You're right. Oscar, uh, uh, yeah, Oscar winner Nicholas Cage. Hmm. Uh, one more last piece of news from me. Channing Tatum uh, is also hoping to make his directorial uh, debut, um, albeit in a co-directing, uh, in a road trip comedy called Dog. Uh, and he also plans to star. So, uh, are they going to the city to find their dog? Uh, I'm, I'm hoping it's a, it's gonna, be, it's in the going to a city to find animals cinematic universe where you can oh. cross over <laughs> with. Is Nicholas Cage going to be in it as well? Uh, yeah, in, <laughs> in the sequel, Dog versus Pig. <laughs> we can but hope. Uh, we move on then to our next segment to see or not to Z, where we tell you, the listener, about films that we have seen, and. In our opinion, whether you should see them or not, Zed them. Zijan, you've had three weeks. Have you watched yes. lots of films? No, Have you- I haven't watched any film in the past three weeks, but I'm going to mention a film that I've seen a long time, a while back. <laughs> <laughs> they have saved up for this moment. I didn't know we were allowed to do this. Okay, fine. Yeah, go for it. 
Uh, I saw a little better angel that came out this year, so it's not like it's a long time ago anyway. Fine. Yeah, a little better angel. Um, it's uh, it's based on a manga called uh, Battle Angel Alita. They just changed the Sneaky. structure of the sentence. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's based uh, about a cyborg, Alita, who awakens in a new body with no memory of her past. It's set in the cyberpunk world and stars Crystal Waltz, Jennifer Connelly, Mahershala Ali, um, and Rosa Salaza as the voice of the titular character because you can imagine cause she's a cyborg. So she's pretty much all uh, visual effects. Hmm. Which is pretty much like the James Dean film. Yes, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> um, it looks really good, the film. Um, the visual effects are amazing. Like, superb. Um, very, very good. The action scenes are really, really good as well. Um, what lets down this film is pretty much the, the story, especially the end bit of the story. Um, this one, the colouring films that, um, it was made with a sequel in mind. Oh, yeah. So the ending of the film was very, very unsatisfactory. Okay. Yeah, like there, there was a build up and then it just stopped because, you know, they wanted to make a sequel from it. So there was nothing there. There was no resolution, which is annoying. They it's brought annoying. in, I don't know if it's a spoiler or not, but they brought in Ed Norton in the last scene, didn't they? Oh, I can't remember now. I, I, I believe that there's kind of some character right at the end is like, hey, it's Ed Norton ready for a sequel. Oh, it, it could be, it could be. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the ending disappointed me. Like, it was fine until that bit, which. Yeah, annoy me. So don't watch it unless um you know you don't mind that much about um. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can, how quickly do you get used to the weird eyes? Oh, it's not too bad actually. Okay. Yeah, it wasn't too bad. Uh, I've watched a couple of films, or a few films, but um, two odd to talk about. Um, Welcome to Marwin, which came out. Steve Carell. Steve Carell, that's right. Came out towards the start of the year in this country. I think it was December in America. It was it was a kind of Oscar. Candidate, but didn't I didn't get great reviews to be honest, and, and, and absolutely bombed at the box office. So didn't get any. I mean, he may be nominated for something. I'm not sure, but um, it didn't do particularly well. Uh, it's a story of a guy who takes photos of uh, action figures, um, but the action figures are based on himself and his various, uh, well, female uh, acquaintances in the village or town. Um, it turns out that basically he was attacked very savagely, and this is kind of a rehabilitation type thing for him as well. Um, it's based on the true story of this guy who uh, he basically creates this uh, village of of Marwen, lots of Nazi soldiers um, who are the baddies, which is influenced by his attack, uh, and he himself is a soldier and um, well, his his doll character. It, it, the movie itself intersperses kind of real life Steve Carell with his with his friends and uh, and not friends um, with mm. the the dolls themselves kind of acting out. Well, animated stuff so it's uh visually again quite impressive in real life he takes photos of these things which you see the the you see as if they're characters i guess a bit like a toy story type um, animation uh it's i think it's one of those films that's hamstrung by the fact that it's based on a true story because you get things like um he loves wearing women's shoes and that's okay. that's just a thing that is true that guy did, and in fact, it's why he got beaten up. But it, it, it's, it kind of, it's one of those things. That I think if you were writing this like film as a fictional thing, you'd either not put that in, or you'd make that a more significant plot point, or you'd explain it somehow. But it's basically just a thing that happens to him. He, he likes to do. Oh, okay. Um, hmm. What I find, I think, quite difficult about it is because he, he's quite creepy, I guess, as a character. Okay. Um, so he's, yeah, he's got these dolls that resemble his various friends and he'll like say oh yes you're topless in this scene and they'll be like and rather than like why are you making a doll of me and making it topless that's that's weird they're like oh okay fine yeah uh, i think 
they're sympathetic to him because he's gone through all this trauma. But I think that wasn't played very realistically. I think still not an excuse, though. No, and I think you'd, you'd, if that's what the reaction is, you'd want to explore that reaction rather than just yeah. You know. So um, and, and the action scenes are super violent. I mean, they're they're all are they action scenes? Well, I say that they're they're, they're, they're animated dull action scenes, but there's a lot of gunfire and murder and okay. stuff. Okay, uh, and it's not gory or anything, but it's super over the top. Like instead of shooting someone three times, they'll shoot him a hundred times. Which again, I think is supposed to re- reflect his mental state, but you never really explore. That's never really explained, I guess. So yeah, Steve Carell's very good in it. The animation looks great, but it is kind of a. I, I can't recommend this film really. I think it's not not really worth watching. Um, no. Okay. Uh, the other one I saw was Terminator: Dark Fate. Oh wow! Oh yeah, it came out um, last week. Yeah, in cinemas still, I expect. Uh, it's. James Cameron producing it, um, and Tim Miller uh, directing the director of Deadpool. It's kind of ignores everything that happened after Terminator Two, so it's effectively the, the sequel to Terminator Two. Uh, with uh, the big big news, I guess, is Linda Hamilton is back as, as Sarah Connor. This is Arnie. Uh, Arnie is in it as well. Um, she's oh, he's sorry, he's in it. Uh, I guess less so. I mean, he's he has come back consistently for these things. So obviously, Terminator Genesis. He was he did a lot in that Terminator Three. He was even in um, Salvation briefly. Yeah, I guess it doesn't really make sense for him to be in it because given that he's a cyborg, he shouldn't age, right? Unlike um, Linda Hamilton's character, Sarah Connor. Uh, they've they've got round it a bit, both this time and last time, by saying oh the the, the metal doesn't, but the the kind of organic matter on the top was has was created to age up. Blah, blah, blah. So so he oh. so he plays a relatively major role in this. I say I wouldn't say who's the okay. A cast, but um, I mean they need him on the poster, don't they? Uh, but uh, the the main characters um well the main characters but there's this girl who i can't remember the actress i'm afraid but um uh she just suddenly finds herself being attacked by a terminator and then uh, mackenzie davis comes from the future and she's a kind of human terminator hybrid who's who's looking after her to stop her from being attacked from this terminator then linda hamilton comes up and, and arnie it's it's good it's um which is un- okay. unusual in in recent terminator films um yes. and it's got, i mean I, I i quite enjoy genesis but i i can't say it was actually good whereas this i think genuinely is is a good film it, it much more gets the um the dynamic of terminator and and the tone right i think rather than making it kind of camp and and, and fun which a lot of them try to do um yep. it makes it more in keeping with t2 in particular uh it's not up to that standard i don't think it's as it, it's going to be remembered as kind of a great trilogy. I think it's still going to be remembered as two great films and then some others. But uh, I think this is the first one. This is definitely the best one since Terminator 2. Um, Linda Hamilton is excellent. There's only a couple of moments. Which not, they give her the line, I'll be back. And they have this scene where he almost puts some sunglasses on. Like, and I think you don't need to do these kind of references. It feels a bit corny. I think if you cut those out, it would have been better. But yeah, definitely, um, i say give Welcome to Marvel and Miss, but uh, Terminator Dark Fate... If you're a fan of the first two Terminators, you'll enjoy that one, I think. Cool. I, I mean, just check it out. Cool. Uh, right then, on to our main topic of the day, uh, which I'm still calling one-man films, because <laughs> uh, we didn't come up with a better title. No, no not, not in the past uh, half an hour. No. Uh, but we are, as I say, we're being... Uh, uh, we're not being too strict. So we are, for example, allowing 127 hours, um, which has got more than one person in it. It is mostly carried, yeah, mostly carried by him. So yeah, um, exactly what you said. We are just covering uh, 
films which is mostly one person. Uh, they are all survival films, so I've just gone through all of them. Cause, so we had this discussion before doing this podcast about what to do and I suggested two types of um, genres, survival films and one-man films. And I'm just looking down my whole list of one-man films. They are all survival films. Yeah, I've, I've got one that isn't. But uh, but yes, they, apart from that, I think they could all fit into that category in one way or another. Some very obviously so. Exactly. Uh, and some of them sure. may be less obvious, but... Uh, uh, yeah, I think most of the films, um, they uh, have to have very high-caliber actors to pull it off, or at least very charismatic actors. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, yeah the, the list I have, um, all of them are very well-known in acting careers. So to do, to, to pull this off, it, it takes quite a task. Uh, so, so why do you think it's a kind of a survival? Well, I mean, like, what else? So No Man is an Island, right? It's very hard to find a situation or a story where there's about one person hmm. living by themselves. That's that's the thing. Like if you, what what kind of story can you do about someone just yeah, we we, we, we live in a world built off our relationships. Hmm. Um you know no man is an island is a wonderful uh, hmm. way of saying this. Like so so it's very natural for us to, you know, form connections with other people. So um most of the times when you have a one-man film, it will be about this single person against usually the environment. So then there will be a proper story about that. And I suppose it really emphasizes the the danger, the peril they're in if there's no one else to help them. There's, it, it feels... Exactly. So taking life... No, sorry, taking 127 hours as the first example. I mean, he's mm. down there, he's got his arm trapped. I think everyone knows this story. If there's two of them down there, it suddenly becomes a lot less dramatic, I suppose. In this. That's definitely true. Have you seen the film? Yes, I, f- I fast-forwarded through some of the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, it's very harrowing, I have to say. I saw this film in the cinema. Oh, yeah. And the part... So, for those who do not know, this is based on the true story. I think it's the only one based on the true story, but um, I may be incorrect that I have on my list. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's about Aaron Ralston. He got trapped in a canyon with a boulder falls in an arm, and he... For those who do not know, he cut his arm off to escape. Mm. He was stuck there for 127 hours. It's harrowing. That 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 part where he cuts off his arm, it's yeah. No, I said I couldn't, I couldn't watch it. I had to fast forward. But uh, yeah, and, and it's one. Of the, I guess like a lot of these, when you hear the plot, you think, how on earth do you make a film out of that? Because it's just him by himself, and there's not there's no development, uh, or at least no. Um, I guess it's all a psychological development because no, nothing happens after his arm has been trapped before he cuts his arm off. It's just him gradually becoming more and more desperate and um, this is a because well, danny boyle directed this one more than anything else on this list i think danny boyle went to town with the kind of the the effects and the the kind of the style so you'd have like these flashbacks and uh, yeah hallucinations, hallucinations. Right. Yeah. yeah um i mean i like this film i think it worked um it almost since what you said about having to be charismatic because it felt like danny boyle was almost not trusting his lead actor in that respect is like well, i need to i need to distract the audience with all these bells and whistles mm. i thought james franco did well though i mean mm. compared to other films that james franco has done <laughs> i mean he, he suits his kind of role very well and he got nominated for an oscar for this as well mm. Mm. Uh, which uh quite a few of the people on the list has been nominated for an oscar for their one-man roles i think one-man roles uh, are suited for oscar beat Yes, it's what's the word I'm for? It's just kind of yeah, big um, bravura performance, isn't it? It's, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, as you said, James Franco is sometimes terrible, but he, yeah, he was very good in that uh, in this one. Uh, one I've got down here is uh, which is again not 
exactly one person, but a uh, gravity, uh, which mm. is almost all Sandra course, You've got some George Clooney as well, but it's really, um, really, her really story. Sandra Bullock. Yeah. And in that one, I guess more things do help. Cause she obviously, rather than being trapped under a rock, she's trapped in space. Yeah. But you do get more developments in terms of she tries something new. She uh, gets put in more danger as things come flying at her and all this. But it's, it's the same kind of idea. And this one was incredibly restrictive, wasn't it? Because uh, the way they filmed it, mm. she basically had to move in exactly the right way and do, you know, face exactly the right way, move her arm at exactly the right time, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, um, I've heard, I've read about that. It's uh, it's insane the amount of work that she had to do. Mm. Um, I, I remember this film a lot. It, it struck me as a very, very, very good film. And I remember the ending very well, which I, I loved as well. Uh, the, just the, the filming of her feet coming on Earth and, well, she survived basically and wobbling on land yeah, I thought it was great uh, Alfonso Cuaron who directed it uh, won Best Director as well in the Oscars mm. yeah I, it's very emotional ending. It, it's a film I think worked better on the big screen than it does on the small screen it was very impressive effects um, it is it, the story loses some of its appeal because I've seen, I've seen it um, on DVD as well and it's not as good um, as on a big screen what I always think is funny about the film is that the, the end moment where she basically just ends up on some land stranded and that's the kind of the big she's now safe is basically the start of Castaway. Um, <laughs> Which is the another film starring one actor. It is. And again, not quite true, but yes, more or less true. Um, and, and, and my favourite of this list, I think, is a fantastic film. Tom Hanks, I mean, he's the very definition of charismatic actor. Yes, uh, and uh, Robert Zemeckis. I didn't didn't mention directed Welcome to Marwin, but it was Robert Zemeckis who did this. Yeah, I, this is one where he they filmed it um, over two different periods, didn't they? Because they they filmed it and then they got Tom Hanks to grow his beard and lose lots of weight, and they came back and, and filmed that. So that was a interesting way of doing things. I've not seen Castaway. You've not seen Castaway? No, I haven't. Oh, it's so good. I know, I know. Everyone keeps telling me that. Um, I know his relationship with the volleyball Wilson. Yes. Um, and I think a lot of the a lot of the story builds upon that as well. Yeah, I I don't want to spoil any of it for you, but uh, you will not believe how emotionally attached uh, you will get to that volleyball. Okay, okay. It's it's remarkable. Um, <laughs> it's all time. Fair enough. As as you and 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 some of our listeners will know, I have an absurdly large collection of Funko Pops, and I do have a Castaway Funko Pop. What else you got? Um, yeah, so Tom Hanks leaves the island on the boat, right? Uh, well, spoilers, but yeah. Yep. No, that, that begins uh, my next one, which is Life of Pi, which is on uh, the boat. Okay. Yeah, which yeah. I, I had forgotten was largely one person somehow. Um, it's largely one person. And this is the only one on my list which doesn't star a known actor because this hmm. stars... Uh, uh, I can't remember the name because I didn't put it down. Uh, uh, a young Indian actor. Yeah. Um, because it's based on the book by Yan Martel um, and about uh, a young Indian boy who gets stuck on a lifeboat with a tiger. Called Richard Parker. Called Richard Parker. This was directed by Ang Lee um, and it was made for 3D. It was mm. definitely made for 3D. Mm. The, 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 the special effects on this, uh, this film was uh, astounding. I'm not too sure. I'm pretty sure he got nominated for Best Director, maybe. I can't remember uh, now. I would have thought so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I've seen the film. It's okay. Uh, it does not really capture the nuance of, of the book. Probably because there's a lot of things to put in um, in the film if they wanted to do that. But it's a very beautiful film. So, you, you, yeah. 
just like as it is. And so yeah, it's the first film, and I think the only one on my list which doesn't star a known actor. Yeah, uh, I've I've not seen it since cinema, but uh, it's in some ways it's kind of the opposite of what we've been talking about because it's, as you say, it's not a known actor. I mean, he's he's good, but he's not kind of like a a crowd draw. He's not massively charismatic like a Tom Hanks or or, yeah. or Will Smith, which we'll come on to. It's and it is very much the visuals and I said bells and whistles again. I suppose your, your interest exactly. is held by the things he sees rather than by his yeah. performance. Because uh, there's a tiger on the boat. Plus there's a tiger. <laughs> there's a there's a big ass tiger on the on the lifeboat. So, so does that count as a as a second character? Do you think? A... Yeah. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to say, right? Shira Depper does in this film, isn't he? I've forgotten that. Mm. Um, speaking of, of water there's a film called The Shallows that came out uh, a few years ago starring Blake Lively it's basically a woman who uh, undergoes a shark attack oh I've heard of I've seen that trailer for that but I've not mm. watched the film uh, it's sometimes on Netflix I don't know if it is at the moment uh, really good I, um, Blake Lively I've, I've not seen her in that many things but she's always been good when I've seen her but this this is what we've talked about I guess the, the a character, an actor really holding um, the film despite there not being a huge amount of plot because basically what I said is the plot she, she goes out um, she gets attacked by a shark she beats the shark she, up yeah she is um, does she escape does she not who knows and it's and it's something where there are some developments but it's not a kind of huge number of plot points it's not like there's there's um, there's not like a, more sharks arriving or rescue attempts or, or stuff like that it's just her on this on this floating bit trying to get away from it but what what makes it really powerful, I think, is that she's not that far from shore. Um, ah. So it's like, it, it looks like she could rescue us. Like she's like, if I if only I was like fifty meters that way, I, I'd be fine. And I think there's something about um, having safety so close by. I guess comparing with 127 hours, where he's right at the bottom of this ravine and it feels hopeless. It's kind of like if he was trapped five meters from uh, from a road or something. Uh, mm. It feels a bit like that. Because I guess she's thinking, well, any time that any, someone could drive to this beach, and I would be, I would be safe. Uh, but yeah, definitely worth a watch that one. Mm, okay, okay, I've not seen that. Uh, I've put down Wild with Reese with a spoon, but I don't think that 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 works really. No, um, <laughs> no, yeah, I thought that. I, I always thought for some reason that she she was by herself. But anyway, the last film I have is. Sorry, that, well, when we were talking Wild, I mean, because it's, it's it's not one of these, but it's interesting. I think for some of these to look at films that don't quite do this and, and whether they could or not because yeah. because i guess wild is a lot about her, her is, tracking her tracking her isolation but it's also something about her kind of her interactions with people which is i guess why yes. it can't be um exactly and person. and laura Dern was in it and i won and got nominated for best supporting actress so i can't really, <laughs> <laughs> I can't really put this in that category yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um so i'm left with my last film which is will smith's i am legend mm. Yep, the zombie film. Everyone knows why I feel about Will Smith. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, d- d- do you want to recap how you feel about Will Smith for any new listeners? Nah, well, no, I, I have a thing about Will Smith because he, I find most of his films very self-indulgent. It's always about himself, mm. which you think of in a one-man film. <laughs> it will work in his benefit. Um, it's, it's an okay film. It's about zombies, so... And, and his relationship, he, he was by himself with a dog, I think. Dog, yeah, he spent yeah. most of the time um, fighting zombies. So, um, it, it, it's an okay film. Um, Will Smith is charismatic, I'll give him that. Um, and he, he, he carries the film well. And, but yeah, uh, yeah I, I still have his. I didn't love this film, not his fault, because I think he's a very charismatic actor. I think the, the, 
the plot. They, so they changed the plot. They, they, they changed they the did. ending from the book. They did. Yeah. Um, is the book called I Am Omega? I think. Uh, I'm not sure what the book is called. Because there was a Charlton Heston version, which I've not seen um, many years before, called Omega Man, I think. Okay. So um, for those who don't know, in this film, spoilers alert, spoilers, in the end of this film, Will Smith sacrificed himself to, to protect the, the cure for this zombie apocalypse and by throwing a grenade and, you know, into a bunch of zombies and with, with himself along with that. Um, apparently, in the alternate ending, um, he realizes that those zombies are, are actually sentient. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so he was actually been doing experiments on other zombies to find a cure. And he found out that the zombies were sentient and they were trying to prevent him from harming their own kind. Yeah, they basically, he basically discovers that he's the monster, effectively. Exactly. Which which gives a good dynamic to the zombie film, it's, though. It's I would a think. much more interesting ending than a kind of. Exactly. Well, there's a cure and everyone's going to be fine. And in fact, I think that was quite a late change from, from what I've read about it. I've got a few more. So there's a film, All Is Lost, which is a Robert Redford vehicle. Basically, he gets um, uh, stranded in, in the ocean. So he's, he's, I can't remember what happens to his boat, but it capsizes or floods or else, and, and he ends up in a, in a raft. It's kind of a classic survival thing. It got, I think he got an Oscar nomination for it. It's probably eight, nine years ago, something like that. Um, it's a bit of a, a return to the head, headlines for him. I don't remember masses about it. The, the, I've seen one of the key points is that there's hardly any speaking either because there's no one to talk to. So we just, um, yes, see him trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, I seem to remember it is pretty good, but it's not um, one that I've gone back to. Uh, Moon. Have you seen Moon? Sam, no, I've not seen Moon. Sam Rockwell, directed by Duncan Jones. A lot of people love this film. So it's a guy on the on the moon by himself and a, and a robot voiced by Kevin Spacey. I. I it's weird. I, p- people love this one. Maybe my expectations have been set too high, but I kind of watched it thinking this this is no more imaginative than your average episode of Red Dwarf. Um, <laughs> which, in fairness, I think it's very imaginative. But it, it it felt like it was trying to tell or trying to be a really kind of clever, deep thinking sci-fi. And I think yeah, I've seen this hundred times um, before. So not great then. Uh, I didn't love it. Lots of people do. So make your your own mind, I guess. <laughs> um, one that so the, I know I mentioned that there was one that wasn't a um, yep survival, survival film and it's probably my my favourite apart from Castaway uh, it's a film called Lock um, starring Tom Hardy which is a few years ago uh, about maybe three four years ago uh, where he is just driving up the motorway and the entire film is him in the car um, just driving along um, and you discover more about his situation basically he's he works in some sort of, I think he organises deliver, like lorry deliveries or something. Mm. Um, and it's him just making lots of phone calls. So he's making phone calls to these guys who are supposed to be collecting delivery. He's making a phone call to the woman he's driving uh, to meet who's having his child. Um, okay. And it turns out that uh, that he was having an affair with this woman. So he's I think he's married and, and, and this woman is not his wife. Um, it's... It's a really, really good film. Phenomenal performance from from um, Tom Hardy. But what makes it interesting is it's not a survival film. It's just a guy driving from motorway. Um, anything that's happening to him is kind of is all happening over the phone and, and therefore off off camera, like all the reactions. But he plays it really subtly. It's it's not a kind of big dramatic performance. Like I mean, a lot of these actors, even if they're brilliant, they're, they're going big. Like Tom Hanks and Castaways, it's a really big performance a lot of the time, where he's he's just a quiet Welsh guy, for some reason he played it Welsh, 
and quite different. I mean, Tom Hardy in Legends say plays the Cray Twins and goes really big with that. But this is just a subtle, uh, quiet form, and I, I really recommend it. Oh wow! Okay. And again, well, that sounds very intriguing, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, if, if I mean, watch Castaway, but uh, after that, watch Lock. <laughs> fine, fine. I'll do that. Um, the only thing I'm, I've got a couple more, but the, the only thing I've noticed is um, The Martian, which is very much not a one-man film, but could have been. I mean, I'm intrigued by that. I mean, I guess because it's based on the book, but it's, it's Matt Damon by himself on on Mars, but they cut back and forth to the ground crew. Yeah, I think the in the time. book as well, they spend a lot of time on the ground mm. trying to figure out how to save him. And I find that interesting, um, I guess because they wanted to make it but why they did that, maybe because it's more interesting just to see all the yeah. different mechanisms. Yeah, um, I think it's almost impossible for a guy to flee from Mars to Earth by himself. Um, I mean, well, it's all impossible, isn't it? It's <laughs> well, Sandra Bullock did it, right? <laughs> That's true. I don't think she went as far as Mars. Um, but I don't think she left Earth's orbit, did she? No. Still. Space in it. <laughs> in conclusion, space in it. Um, there you go. We've, we've covered uh, quite a few. If, if there are any we've missed, let us know. Uh, movies at gmail.com or uh, at Movies on Twitter. Yeah, uh, we'll cover two people movie next time. Yes, we're gradually moving up through the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> this is every podcast from now on. I'm looking forward to like the 52 people movie. So. <laughs> we'll start counting every single person in the cast. Yes. <laughs> Uh, we move on then to uh, Actor Factor, our segment where we hey, talk about Happy the f- birthday, Colin. Thank you, Zijan. Thank you. And for my birthday, you have chosen uh, films starring the Friends men, having done the Friends women last time. Um, and for your birthday, you can do all the talking in this film, <laughs> because I've only seen <laughs> uh, one and a half, maybe, <laughs> Uh, I have seen uh, 20. Um, do you want to kick us off with your one and a half? I have seen 17 again, starring Matthew Perry. Excellent. You're going to tell us anything about it, or is that, is that it? That's... It's just Matthew Perry wishing he was Zac Efron when he was younger. Yeah, 10 years ago, I managed to persuade my friend Ben to watch this film with me at the cinema, where it's basically just us and a bunch of teenage girls. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, awkward. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is quite fun. I mean, it's kind of a fairly classic what's well, not body swap is it but very, very classic um re- reverse big i suppose or yeah uh matthew perry does what he does reasonably well he wasn't in did much though was he no it's a zach Efron vehicle but uh in fact it's his last film i think and so, um, the last film he was in matthew perry he's come back to tv after that have you not seen charlie's angels uh that, that's my half okay i mean i've seen it i can't remember much about it cool we talked about charlie's angels last time in our charlie's angels quiz but uh matt leblanc the only Matt Blanc films I've seen are the two Chinese Angels films, but he hasn't made that many. No, he hasn't. Uh, I think a bit like um, Courtney Cox last time. Kind of made a couple of films, but focused more on TV. Mm, uh, that's true. David Schwimmer, uh, I've seen Apt Pupil, which is a um, Stephen King adaptation, but uh, from the same um, four novellas or four short stories that, that uh, Shawshank Redemption is taken from. Uh, it's basically about a guy who discovers that a chap living in his village was a Nazi war criminal. Ah, I've heard about this. Mm. And uh, and the guy basically, it's it's, it's a very interesting kind of um, two hand power dynamic. I played by Ian McKellen in the film. Uh, where basically, at first he's kind of blackmailing this guy, but it turns out the kid is basically a Nazi enthusiast, I guess, or just fascinated by it. But the kind of the, the tables turn a bit, and the old man starts basically saying, "Well." 
I now got all this all this dirt on you, so you're gonna have to do this, this, this for me. Um, it, like any Stephen King thing, it gets quite horrible. Um, yeah. Uh, anyway, David Schwimmer plays the teacher, so neither of those two. So it's not the it's, it's a fairly big role, I guess. But um, yeah, it's an interesting film. Of, of the three films from that that those books, um, The Stand being the other one, I'd say it's comfortably my least favorite, but it's still worth watching. Uh, he was in Big Nothing with Simon Pegg and Alice Eve, which is really bad. It's basically three people who go on a bit of a murder spree, uh, but it's a comedy. And it has Simon Pegg doing a horrendous American accent. <laughs> they reteamed for Run Fat Boy Run, which stays from a directed. Apparently, he also had an uncredited performance. Um, I've put Madagascar question mark. I've got a feeling I watched Madagascar on a plane once. Oh, I've seen Madagascar. I forgot he was in Madagascar. There you go. He voices something. Yeah. Any good? I remember there were penguins. Yes, the penguins were funny. Um, yes, I've seen the I've seen the spin-off penguins bit on YouTube, or maybe just a clip. Um, and recently, the laundromat, which I watched actually um, recently on on Netflix, which is have you come across the laundromat? No, I've not seen the laundromat. So it's a Steven Soderbergh. It's basically a, um, the Panama Papers. So kind of okay, yeah. Expose their various financial misdealings, uh, starring Meryl Streep. He's only in it for a couple of scenes. It's not very good. It's I mean it's it's interesting, but it's it's basically I've never seen a film quite so eager to be another film. It, it's trying to be the Big Short. Um, basically everything the Big Short does, this film does. So lots of different um, stories that are kind of tangentially connected. Uh, people are just breaking the fourth wall to explain financial instruments things like this. It's um unsuccessful in my view um, which brings us on to Matthew Perry one of my favourite actors Boy, your favourite um, uh, uh, for a long time he was my favourite before uh, before I discovered Tom Cruise and my life changed forever um, <laughs> let me rattle through these uh, A Night in the Life go of on G- Colin spend your time this is your birthday <laughs> present this is, this is my birthday I'm just going to play on my phone right now are you going to stay stick around for this <laughs> uh, you can edit me in uh, I'll just every now and again say oh really yeah yeah <laughs> i'll do that oh uh, really uh, a night in the life of jimmy reardon uh, was his film debut where he played the best friend of the lead character played by river phoenix in the only river phoenix film i've seen it's weird um she's out of control he plays uh, an unpleasant boyfriend of the the daughter of the main character um he plays tennis in it and matthew perry in real life is a very good tennis player or was a very good tennis player so he does all his own tennis uh, then he got friends and um, went through a run of films that I enjoy a lot. Uh, not everyone does. So Fools Rush In, <laughs> which is a. Run- Why do you like Matthew Perry so much, though? Tell me, tell me. Uh, I want to know. He, I just he's hilarious. Um, a lot of my, lot of my comedy is based on uh, watching Friends as a teenager. So my any time Zijan, I may have made you laugh. Uh, you can thank Matthew Perry for that. Um, anytime I've annoyed you <laughs> with uh, terrible attempts at punchlines you can blame Matthew Perry for that okay uh, Fools Rush In with Sama Hayek is a fun rom-com about people who get married quickly in Vegas and then um, get divorced because it was just too darn quick but will they reunite who we'll knows? never know um, Almost Heroes is him and Chris Farley and Chris Farley's last ever film um, he's a much beloved uh, Saturday Night Live actor, although to be honest, I thought he was crazily over the top. Um, have you heard of Lewis and Clark? Yes, I know Lewis and Clark, the explorers, right? Yes, I had never heard of them. Uh, what? But uh, every American school child knows them, and, and very few people in Britain seem to have heard of them. 
the extent that you know, you know the um, Lois and Clark, the, the Superman TV series, yes. yes, which was called Lois and Clark as, as a pun on that. Exactly. Uh, in yeah. this country, it was called the New Adventures of Superman, just because no one's heard of Lewis and Clark. Um, wow. Anyway, the um, uh, Almost Heroes, the Matthew Perry and Chris Farley play some rival explorers. So the, the, the gag, I guess, is that uh, they they got there first, but then history forgot them. Uh, then Three to Tango, which for many years was my favourite film, uh, which is a, a romantic comedy where he plays opposite Nev Campbell. Um, check it out it's great fun uh, The Whole Nine Yards him and Bruce Willis um, Bruce Willis is a hitman gangster quite chappy and he bumps, kind of his life gets entangled with Matthew Perry a, a mild mannered dentist um, to be followed by The Whole Ten Yards which is really bad um, uh, he had an uncredited role in Disney's The Kid which is actually a really nice film with Bruce Willis uh, again stars and his younger self kind of suddenly appears um, and he has to try and figure out what's going on uh, alongside Emily Mortimer in a lovely role uh, Serving Sarah is rubbish it's Matthew Perry um, and Elizabeth Hurley uh, it's such a poor film that they can't even bother to, bother to just be consistent on whether her name is Sarah or Sarah they just change it back and forth during the film uh, he has this he's basically serving her divorce papers but okay uh, but they fall in love of course. Um, the Triumph, which is a made-for-TV film where he plays an inspirational teacher. Uh, Numb, where he decided to put go against all his natural comedic instincts and play a very low-key guy suffering from depression. Did that work? Nope. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> is there any good Matthew Perry film? Uh, I say, for, for, I'll, I'll finish my list. I've only got one more. Right. Um, Birds of America, which is based on a book. Uh, it's got a good cast. Him, Lauren Graham, Ben Foster. Uh, it did not get released. Uh, cinemas um he wow this is why he's making he's only on tv these days his film career has not been successful i think fool's russian uh three Tango, whole nine yards are all great um great romantic comedies all of them um of the kind of late 90s early noughties when romantic comedies were still big when you could still get big budget big star name romantic comedies i think they're all great fun so i would i mean three Tango is my favorite on this list um, but all of those, I think they probably, if anything else, or if nothing else rather, they hold a 90s nostalgic charm at this stage, I would have thought. Um, and the Three Tango soundtrack is great. Happy now? I'm delighted. What is your favourite of the ones you've seen? <laughs> I wonder, Colin. <laughs> is, it, is it 17 again? Yes. Um, my least, so Three Tango is my favourite. My least favourite is probably Big Nothing. Although, having said that, Serving Sarah is terrible. <laughs> so it's one of those. You're selling his acting career so well, Colin. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I love the guy, but um, I don't think he would. To be honest, I think I like his films more than he does. Um, <laughs> uh, he, I, he did. I, he did an interview once where he said something like, um, "I'm under no illusion about my films. I know they're the kind of films where the the main couple kiss and then it pans out and you see the entire city." And that's literally the ending of Three to Tango. And I was like, "I love that film. Don't talk down your films, Matthew." Next time, Zijan, we are not doing yep. Actor Factor because we're doing our alternating and we're doing a look back in Oscar. Yes. Um, when we look back at Oscar-winning films. And I, I, I messaged you saying, do you want to do a pattern or Terms of Endearment? You said you didn't mind, so we are doing Terms of Endearment. Okie dokie. Uh, which I've never seen. But I think I recorded off the TV at one point. So uh, if not, I'm buying a DVD. We move on then to our final segment. Uh, it is the quiz. 
Well, well, this time we are quizzing. Where you are winning and you are going to win for the year. So I'm not too sure why we are bothering with this anyway. Um, because I want, I want to win by as much as I can. I think, I think technically you could still, uh, you could still draw, draw? Now, couldn't you? So, uh, okay, what's be... the score now? Anyway, I don't know. It can't be that bad. I think I won the last you one. You did. So. I think, I think I'm too ahead. Okay. I, yeah, that's possible so then. I, I have hope. So you could still win this, in fact. Yeah. Oh, I should have done more research. Um, <laughs> we're quizzing on the films of Ruben Fleischer, um, or the films he's directed. And for your first question, Zijan, who played the real-life gangster Mickey Cohen in Gangster Squad? It's Sean Penn. It is Sean Penn. That's my first question as well. Okay. Who played the role of Mafia <laughs> gangster Mickey Cohen in Gangster Squad? Sean Penn. Uh, uh, what toppled Zombieland as the highest-grossing zombie film ever in the USA? Oh, okay. Uh, I'm wondering whether it's Shaun of the Dead because I love Shaun of the Dead, but I may be biased, and it's very British, so I don't think it is. Could we be World War Z? Because Brad Pitt is a huge, huge, huge hit, and I think like Dawn of the Dead was a British film as well. So I'm going to go with World War Z. Correct. And in fact, um, Sean the Dead was a few years before Zombieland. Um, ah, so. nice, nice. Um, my question too. At the end of Zombieland, Wichita kisses Columbus and reveals her real name. What is it? Ooh, I'd forgotten she did that. Because um, they don't mention it in the sequel. Nope, which, they didn't. Which is weird, isn't it? Um, it's is bizarre. <laughs> so I don't remember, so I'm just kind of forgetting a name. I'm going to say Jenny. It's Krista. Krista? I know. It's not a name. <laughs> Um, who does Woody Harrelson play in a Venom mid-credit scene? That's uh, Carnage. Um, I'm going to push you for his uh, for his character ah, name because uh, what really? Cause... It's Cassius, right? Cassius, isn't it? It's uh, it's not. I feel it's harsh, not. but it's it's Cletus Cassidy. Oh my goodness! So it's close, Carnage. Well, not yet. He's not. He is. <laughs> He literally says the word carnage in the film. But anyway, we'll see. I'll complain about it if I lose I this I would not blame you for complaining. <laughs> but I'm still, not, I'm still not giving you the point. Uh, question three. Ludwig Göransson is a composer who has collaborated with Ruben Fleischer in which two of his films? What's his name? Ludwig Göransson. Uh, Gangster Squad and uh, Venom. It's Venom and 30 Minutes or Less. Fair enough. Um, speaking of 30 minutes or less, what is the profession of Aziz Ansari's character in 30 minutes or less? Uh, so he's not a pizza delivery guy because <laughs> that's uh, Jesse Eisenberg's character. Is he like a doctor? I'll go with doctor. Worth a try. Uh, he's a teacher. Uh, close enough. <laughs> uh, question four. Uh, according to the film, what are the two main weaknesses of Venom? Uh, sound. Has he got two? Um, fire? Yeah, that's right. That's how they killed him right in the end. He fell into a plane of fire. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Bad guy. Well, two of them with one question left each. Um, this is a question about Zombieland 2, which we saw very recently. Um, with which famous duel does Columbus propose to Wichita in Zombieland 2? The Hope Diamond. The Hope Diamond is correct. 3-2 with one question to go. Question 5 from me. Is Zombieland 2 as well. What song by Metallica was played in the opening credits scene in Zombieland Double Tap where the gang was slaughtering zombies to the White House? Um, I think I might go for the only Metallica song I can currently think of and in fact I'm not even entirely sure it's by Metallica. Uh, Enter Sandman. 
<laughs> it's master of puppets. Fair enough. Uh, you win again. I'm, 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 I'm getting scared now, Zizan. This could be the greatest. No, you shouldn't be, Colin. I'm losing. I'm losing. You just think that. <laughs> think that. Keep thinking that until the end of this year. Right. We'll see what happens. Um, what is our quiz topic for next time? Because it's coming out at the end of the year, we'll talk uh, Jumanji and its sequel. Nice. Well, ish. Um, cool. And what is our main topic for next time? The films of Tom Hanks. Maybe I'll watch Castaway by then. Yeah, I'll do it. Uh, yes, yeah, so we're ranking Tom Hanks films, which means if you, uh, the listener, want to tell us your favourite Tom Hanks film, uh, please do so uh, at CZ Movies on Twitter, CZ Movies at gmail.com, or if you know one of us, uh, we'll be putting it on Facebook. And we'll see you then. Bye.